0: All right, this is True News 365. Thanks for joining me again today. I want to continue with answering the dishonest skeptic. As I started in episode one, you'll find that on uh, my YouTube uh, profile. Uh, Answering the dishonest skeptic. This may be a multiple series, as it turns out, uh, endeavor. Okay, so this is episode two. Check out episode one. Uh, It isn't without glitches nothing that i do is without glitches okay so i'm just trying here i this is for the purposes of not so much answering the the, the dishonest and nasty skeptic that's out there um um that comes and attacks uh all the time but this is more about equipping the saints so that way the saints will be out there or have information where if it if it hits one person uh that is by the power of the the living god So like I said, this will be a multiple part series uh, because of just the lack of time and inability to go live anywhere to drop this information. And I wanted to do it as professional as possible, as clear and concise as possible. And let's try and see if the Lord will allow. Okay? So answering the dishonest skeptic um, episode two, the misunderstood Old Testament verses From the very start of this theological and cultural conversation, if we're not willing to, number one, recognize the differences in culture between what was then and what is now, the the hermeneutical approaches to the text, and number two, recognize how Christian theologians believe in the text through hundreds of years of faith in Orthodox Christian doctrine, then we can't continue on with this study, because as with all historical literature, this is how we can fairly approach the truth of the text, okay? That being said, I want to take off from where I left off in part one of this series answering the dishonest skeptics. Uh, let's look at the issue of adultery. And these issues were ones that were specifically selected as ones that I've heard these skeptics uh, bring up, okay? And, um, and so uh, I wanted to uh, answer these as they were brought up because uh, they are hundreds of these um, questions. There are hundreds of these um, uh, questions that can come up, and how people can uh, misconstrue the scriptures, and um, and that they can toss out and bash uh, Christians with later on. And if we do not understand them or cannot answer them ourselves, then we will run into these things, and they will be a trip hazard. Hazard, okay. So, concerning adultery, uh, which has to do with the seventh commandment, Exodus 22:16 through 17 Let's touch that, okay? Let's read the scriptures. It says, If a man seduces a virgin who is not engaged and lies with her, he must pay a dowry for her to be his wife. If her father absolutely refuses to give her to him, he shall pay money equal to the dowry for virgins." This is self-explanatory, because we're not going to pretend the morality of our culture today is like that of thousands of years ago in Israel, are we? Obviously not, okay? So the culture of those days cared more about the integrity of women and daughters since they wouldn't allow that type of stuff, or rather the the type of stuff we allow in our back to pagan culture, which produces all sorts of hypersexuality single motherhood, hoochie mama nonsense. The fatherins the fathers in that culture were hundred percent responsible for their daughters. That's why we see even in today's imagery fathers, you know, handing over their daughters when they're married, when they're getting married, right? To their new husbands, right? And and their new husbands are now responsible for their wives. It's all symbolic and it comes from somewhere, okay? Let's look at Samuel twelve, seven through fourteen, right? This is also pertaining to adultery. David sinned and committed adultery, and because of that evil, it was said that evil would never depart his home. David was judged by God. Um, his son would have to uh, would have been the heir of his throne. God would take, um, and because of that, he he would be con Uh, he would be uh, the child would be conceived in adultery and of course that would affect uh, the lineage of 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 Christ because um, uh, that's that's what we have a a focus to a focus towards the the future uh, and the the coming of the Messiah right this was a big deal although many have tried to argue on this indicting God for his judgment on David saying God should have you know not have punished the son for the sin of the father, right? But uh God is God. And any religion that says God is just in his judgments are now trying to look at this and call him unjust, which is uh, a lot of um people that are Muslim. They say, well, you know, uh God is supposed to be just, but God would be unjust for uh punishing David, right? For that sin, okay? But they're contradicting themselves because this is clearly in scripture. Okay, unless this is yet another scripture that was supposedly, uh, uh, you know, altered or something or corrupted, which is usually what they say about the New Testament. Uh, But um, either way, God has the right to judge. He gives life, He can take life. And that's that. Uh, Our life from Him isn't a right, it's a gift. That's like arguing with gravity and saying, I have a right to stay in the air. Okay, so that's pretty silly. Now, uh, Deuteronomy 22. I got to check my time because the method of my recording is highly dependent on whether I can keep... uh, Okay, all right. Uh, Okay, Deuteronomy 22. Laws on morality. Okay, the protection of women. Let's read the scripture. If any man takes a wife and goes into her and then turns against her and charges her with shameful deeds, and publicly defames her, and says, I took this woman, but when I came near her, I did not find her a virgin. Then the girl's father and her mother shall take and bring out the evidence of the girl's virginity to the elders of the city of the gate. at the gate. The girl's father shall say to the elders, I gave my daughter to this man for a wife, but he turned against her, and behold, he has charged her with shameful deeds, saying, I did not find your daughter a virgin. But this is the evidence of my daughter's virginity. He demonstrates the sheets, right? And they shall spread the garment before the elders of the city. So the elders of that city shall take the man and chastise him. Okay? And they shall fine him a hundred shekels of silver and give it to the girl's father because he publicly defamed a virgin of Israel and she shall remain his wife. He cannot divorce her all his days. Okay? This is obviously protection of women because again in those days at that time the integrity of women was way more pronounced than in our culture women all oftentimes blame men for hit and run okay but not in those days just like the old cartoons would show shotgun weddings well that came from somewhere right meaning you better do right by my little girl or else uh you don't see that anymore right today women are passed on from man to man willingly Uh, need I say more okay so let me check my time I'm sorry I have to keep doing this okay Uh, uh, and I'm I'm gonna have to uh, go on a break okay so let's see Uh, but for this charge is true but if this charge is true that the girl was not found a virgin then they shall bring out the girl to the doorway of her father's house and the men of her city shall stone her to death because she has committed an act of folly in Israel by playing the harlot in her father's house thus you shall purge the evil from among you okay so as you can see um the standard of adultery was that of death right the man will get in serious trouble he would be forced to marry her because from now on if he didn't marry her that woman would be shamed for the rest of her life in her community okay Uh, she wouldn't be able to go to the synagogue she'd be an outcast she'd be an outcast she'd be like somebody who has leprosy in her community people in this culture cannot understand that because look at the culture we live in you know we're talking look look at the average picture of what happened in the 60s okay so any picture of that all you have to do is take a snapshot of what we are today, okay? And then understand the historical context of what we're talking about in these passages of scripture and you can clearly know that we uh that there's no comparison, okay? Right then and there when the dishonest skeptic glosses through that, you know he's being dishonest. Stand by, I shall return. back okay where were we okay um okay so uh so let's just say that um based on what we were just talking about the me too movement wasn't popular in those days (laughs) where people would falsely accuse someone for something they didn't do because if you were found to be lying you knew your butt was gonna get it the law didn't play okay so continuing reading Uh, verse 22 if a man is found lying with a woman with a married woman then both of them shall die this is what God thought about marriage the man who lay with the woman and the woman thus you shall purge the evil from Israel and the severity of the crime of the punishment was so that way it can resound throughout society and people would be dead afraid of committing those sins. Today, once again, that type of dealing with punishment and evils, no, they're up back out in the street, right? Doing crazy stuff. And this is, um, you can only imagine. So, straight up adultery wasn't tolerated. And the extreme way of punishment was quick, gruesome, and a sign to prevent copycats. Straight up. That's what God thinks of adultery. Okay, verse 23. If there is a girl who is a virgin engaged to a man, And another man finds her in the city and lies with her. Verse 24, then you shall bring them both out to the gate of the the city, of that city, and you shall stone them to death. The girl, because she did not cry out in the city, as in uh, where someone would hear you, because most likely she was down and the man, uh, because he was violated, violated, his uh, neighbor's wife, right? Thus you shall purge the evil from among you. The girl, because she did not cry out in the city where people would hear her, therefore, she's not a victim, but an accomplice, right? And the man, because you took someone who was already promised to someone else, right? Already a wife. Again, the extreme punishment is to set an example in the society and in the community. Verse 25. "But if in the field the man finds the girl who is engaged and the man forces her and lies with her, then only the man who lies with her shall die. Because you shall do nothing to the girl. There is no sin in the girl worthy of death. For she, for just as a man rises against his neighbor and murders him, so is this case. In other words, this is uh, equivalent to murder. Okay, you see? You see the high standard? You see the high standard? When he found her in the field, the engaged girl cried out, but there was no one to save her, as opposed to the girl in the city, remember, who could have screamed among people, but did not. Get it? Okay? That's the distinction that they're making, that the woman, one was a victim and the other one wasn't. Okay? If a man finds a girl who is a virgin, who is not engaged and seizes her and lies with her and they are discovered, then the man who laid with her shall give to the girl's father 50 shekels of silver, and she shall become his wife, because he has violated her. He cannot divorce her all his days. Okay? Again, because she'll be shamed. She's got, like, she'll be marked for forever in her community. And it's not like what we have to deal with in this community. In this community, people don't care if a girl puts out. It's not the same thing to honor her virginity, having stolen uh, stolen her from her and her father, the shamed man who is under the law, to care for her and not mistreat her, and must not shame her and get rid of her. This is to keep this action from happening in the society. Because who will want to be with a girl who isn't a virgin in that culture? She'll end up ostracized by the community and will be seen like used goods. She would be worst off and shamed. Today, there's shame uh, for women who are still virgins. It's the opposite, right? Morality is flipped on its head in this culture, right? Okay, Leviticus 20, lying with a menstruous woman. This is a tricky one. This is a hard one, even for me, okay? Um, Trying to understand it, okay? If there is, uh, verse 18, okay? If there's a man... Who lies with a menstruous woman and covers her nakedness he has laid bare her flow and she has exposed the flow of her blood thus both of them shall be cut off from among their people okay that's deep okay Leviticus 20 mentions adultery like we all know it and prohibitive between family members or married people but verse 18 talks about lying with a menstruous woman but doesn't mention if that woman is his wife or who it is. It just says menstruous woman. This could solely have emphasis on the fact that it's a blood thing and the blood in scripture is symbolized as the carrier of life in humans and animals and therefore one couldn't ingest it or spill it in any way. The, is, the, the menstruation is part of the curse of a woman for sin in the fall. And so there's perhaps associations and implications here of, impu- um, of impurity. Uncovering her nakedness has to do with uncovering her shame. And since she's the one who menstruates, it's like shame that is being uncovered, exposed, exposing the flow of her blood. And then being cut off represents... They're not, um, uh, they're being sent out of their community or being ostracized, Uh, not killed, but shamed. Okay. Uh, So, I mean, that's the best I can do with that. I think there's more um, symbolism in the blood uh, and in the shame of that related to that curse. Okay. So that's what we could say about that. Okay. Uh, Leviticus 21. Okay. The profane woman. Uh they shall not take a woman who is profaned by, uh, by harlotry. Okay, nor shall they take a woman divorced from her husband, for he is holy to his God. Okay? You shall con- consecrate him, therefore, for he offers the food of your God, He shall be holy to you, for I, the Lord who sanctifies you, am holy. Also the daughter of any priest, if she profanes herself by har- harlotry, she profanes her father and shall be burned with fire. Look how serious that is. Uh, basically a slutty woman, a person who is who's called a harlot. Um, the Bible makes it clear that this is extremely shameful for a woman to be this way. Okay? This simply demonstrates the consecration of holiness in the moral code as a standard. The standard was high, big time, and not to be considered extreme or unfair because it's from the Holy God whose standard is pure and perfect. If not, I'd like to see anyone argue for a better, more holy standard. It's impossible. Whether we want to accept it or not, this standard does not give way to adultery because the man must find the virgin, the woman because she needed to be in under the protection of their fathers there's no rogue hoochie mamas uh doing their own thing no men sleeping around going from woman to woman etc nope not in that culture today the attitude is is abstinence what abstinence you know people are going to do it anyway yeah well not during those times okay not during those times let's just say things have slimed down into the sewers like the caca there, they, they, they are in morality and human society, okay? Now, let's go to Exodus 21, uh, father selling his daughter as a slave. This is a popular one, okay? This is a popular one uh, before I have to take my next break. Uh, okay, Exodus 21, uh, 21, 7 through 8. Okay, if a man sells his daughter as a female slave, She is not to go free as the male slaves do. No gender uh, partiality. Okay? Um, If she is displeasing in the eyes of her master who designated her for himself, then he shall let her be redeemed. He does not have authority to sell her to a foreign people because of this unfairness to her. If, um, If he designates her for his son he shall deal with her according to the custom of daughters. In other words, if he gives it to the da- to the son, she's now a daughter, okay? She becomes a daughter. If he takes to himself another woman, if the master marries another woman, he may not reduce her food, her clothing, or her conjugal rights. If he will not do these three things for her, then she shall go out for nothing without payment of money, okay? That means he, gets, he doesn't get his money back, right? So... Uh, let's, let's, let me see. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break, break. I'll be right back. Okay. I'm back. Um, let's see. Where was I? Uh yep okay so we we're talking about that uh he the the master uh he cannot reduce her food or clothing or conjugal rights he will not do these three things for her for the for the female slave then she shall go out for nothing that means he loses his money she gets to leave okay so um right off the bat it's telling you there's a distinction between male and women's slaves which is later explained having to do with another woman coming into the picture it, it um As we see at the top of the chapter, the children of Israel had a system set up of servitude that was unlike the slavery found among the surrounding nations. If they fell under hardship, they could sell themselves over into slavery until a set time, six years, then go free with benefits. Okay, with benefits. Already slaves were to be dealt with in a certain way because it was explicit in the law. They couldn't trade her off to foreigners to take her away from her people. If his son marries her, she becomes legally like a daughter. If he marries a woman, uh, none of the, the slave girl's benefits will ever change. Uh, okay, will ever change. Food, clothing, his care towards her as her daughter, etc. Just in case the new chick gets to not liking her if you know what I mean does this sound like uh, 19th century American slave trade does it sound like it again I ask does this sound like 19th century American slave trade slavery huh I don't think so right Christ being God also said masters be good to your slaves Masters, grant your slaves justice and fairness, knowing that you also have a master in heaven, Colossians 4 1. Okay? Ephesians uh, Ephesians 6. Slaves and masters. Slaves be obedient to those who you are you uh, rather who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and sincerity of your heart as to Christ. Not by way of eye service as people-pleasers, but as slaves of Christ. Doing the will of God from the heart, with goodwill, render service as to the Lord and not to people, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, he will receive this back from the Lord, whether slave or free. Okay? Check it. Whether slave or free. That, what he's saying, goes for anybody. Impartiality. Okay, and masters do the same thing, this is uh, verse 9, and masters do the same things to them, and give up threatening, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him, <laughs> meaning, you're both the same to me. <coughs> okay, that's what he's saying, he's telling them, you're both the same to me, you're in a predicament, right, because of what's going on in this culture, in this time. In the time of these these days, he wasn't God wasn't going to speak in reference to a future time, other than what was going on at this time. Obviously not, and slavery is still the worst type of slavery is still going on in the in, in certain parts of the world today, and most people never bring it up, ever. Something which is uh, not happening outside of this original setting, this is not chattel slavery even though there was chattel slavery even then. This was distinct from chattel slavery. Now this is the part where people just need to be honest because they want to inflict, you know, indict the Old Testament as condoning chattel slavery. No longer do I call you slaves. For the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, because all things that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. John 15, 15. Okay? So Exodus 21, 12. Okay? Let's go into Exodus. Another one that I've heard uh, the uh, skeptics bring up is he who strikes a man so that he dies shall surely be put to death. This is the same penalty given to a slave. So a slave is given... The same rights and benefits of a non slave citizen. Okay? Does that sound like chattel slavery? And I'm going to continue asking the same question because people just keep bringing this up over and over and over and over and over and over again. And it's not because they read the Bible, it's because they want to live in their emotions. Okay? And, you know, they're listening to stand up comics talk about Christianity. Uh, They are the theologians of the non believers. Okay? So, Exodus 21 18. If men have a quarrel and one strikes, the other with a stone or with his fist and he does not die but remain remains in bed if he gets up and walks out around outside of his uh of his staff then he who struck him shall go unpunished he shall only pay for his loss of time and shall take care of him until he is completely healed sorry about the noise Noise. That's probably uh being uh recorded so sorry uh okay low budgets are us okay This passage here isn't referring to dealing with slaves but between men and men. This states that if two get into it and one is handicapped or bedridden, as a result, the other person had to pay restitution and wages lost for his family because he wasn't able to go back to work, etc. Okay, so, um, you know, let's go to Exodus 19 through 20. If a man strikes his male or female slave with a rod, and he dies at his hand, he shall be punished, okay, verse 21, if, however, he survives a day or two, no vengeance shall be taken, for he is his property, okay, the slave is the property, that's understood, okay, but people sell themselves over the slaves, and slaves have benefits, sometimes as the, the proper children do, I've already, already demonstrated that, Let me check something real quick, and I shall return. Okay, Uh, all right. Let's get back into this, okay? Now, uh, while the rod was never considered a lethal weapon, but an instrument to chastise, as we see practically everywhere in the book of Proverbs concerning fathers using a rod on their own children, I doubt if ancient Jewish men cared any less for their children than we do today. So this was in reference to an accidental death. But even then, the punishment it's referring to here is to his death if the slave dies because uh that was the penalty for killing a slave as per exodus 21 12. he who strikes a man so that he dies shall surely be put to death that's what it says and because the slave was considered their property they were allowed to chastise slaves slaves were not only under contract but they were also the means to the household's income their food their living Okay. However, people who owned slaves were still under strict mandate not to hurt slaves because if they seriously hurt slaves, their slaves, the slaves could leave without penalties or having paid their debts, right? So it was under the interest of the person over the slave not to hurt them and not to abuse them, okay? So verse 26, if a man strikes the eye of his male or female slave and destroys it, he shall let him go free on account of his eye. And if he knocks out a tooth of his male or female slave, he shall let him go free on account of his tooth. See? These are set in parameters for for protection. Okay? Now, let's read uh, Exodus 21, 16. Okay? Directly, it says that this should shut up the whole chattel slavery issue. Okay? Right here. Uh, Exodus 21.16, he who kidnaps a man, whether he sells him or he is found in his possession, shall surely be put to death. Okay? Anyone who kidnaps a man shall surely be put to death. Now, how clear can that be? This is straight up law against chattel slavery or man-stealing. Does this look like chattel slavery of the American slave trade to you? Once again, let's remind all that chattel slavery in the Western world was ended by Christians, let us remind you, but it continues on in non-Christian uh, lands today, and no one seems to care, okay? No one brings that up, okay? You don't see that in your political agendas anytime soon, right? It's swept under the rug. okay? Um, all right, so let me see how much time do I have. Don't have much more time. I may have to cut this here, and this may have to be um uh, saved for episode number three and we will get back to um exodus twenty one sixteen okay so remind me so we won't forget okay but I do appreciate you sticking by uh for this podcast it means a lot to me and this is not only to answer the, the uh the skeptics that are out there not all of them are uh, uh sweet and you know um curious and soft-spoken some of them are just you know pretty much nasty but this is for the saints okay so please join me for uh the third episode and until next time god bless you Thanks again for listening to True News 365. Check out truenews365.com for more podcasts, blogs, resources, commentary. Check me out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Telegram. And until next time, let's keep the faith moving forward and ignite the power of truth with the word of God to our neighbors and the rest of the world in Christ's name. God bless.